Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget, and today we have an exciting rag on romance. Hi, Shawnee. Hi, Bridget. I'm excited. We have a great guest today. Yes, we do. We have Melissa from Steamy Lit. You guys, she just put on a romance convention called Steamy Lit Con in Anaheim. And it was a huge success. She tells us all about like how she came up with it, their mission to include diversity and celebrate diversity in romance. She was a great guest. I'm actually really interested to like talk to her like closer to the her ne- the next convention and see how that's going and what's changed from this one. Um, she was super candid with us, so that's fantastic. I'm, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, and we talked about sensuality, and she has steamy lit boxes that come out quarterly, which include vibrators if you want them to, and have books from all kinds of different authors. They have scented candles and all kinds of self-care, so you can maybe take a bath, read a romance novel, maybe pause halfway, have a little fun with your vibrator, and then hop back into the book. <laughs> Listen, anyway, to relax these days, take that shit. <laughs> take it. <laughs> she was very generous. So if you guys are interested in getting your own steamy lip box, you can get 15% off at checkout by using the code romance at a glance. That is romance at a glance. I'll spell it out to get 15% off of her Steamy Lit boxes at steamylit.com. And if you guys are interested in going to Steamy LitCon in 2024, it's going to be in August of 2024 in Anaheim, California. And the best way, she said, is hop on and check out her newsletter. And that way you'll be notified when tickets go on sale in October. Absolutely. Um, there's, a, there's a high probability that I will go. That's a high probability. I feel like there's a very high probability that you will go, and I will say that there's a 50-50 chance that I will go. I am currently waiting for my husband's new job situation (laughs) to figure itself out so that we can uh, see if we're still living in the same house. (laughs) And once we figure that out, then I will be able to make future plans. But I would say um, I would love to go. So I would say the probability is probability, you know? Yeah, it's probability. Uh, will you guys enjoy Melissa and this awesome chat about romance and sensuality and getting rid of the shame and reading what you want and, you know, looking for diversity in your romance. Let's get it popping. Let's get it popping, Bridget. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you say now? Romance. So when you came up with Steamy LitCon, did you, I'm assuming you had been planning it before your move, which is why it's in Anaheim. So you already had the connections. How was it doing a event from afar? I mean, because I'm presuming you like flew there a few times, but like you're still planning a lot of it without being on the ground. Yeah. So luckily um, I had, the like divorce news came at a time where we had already done like the site visit. We had already like done all of that. So that worked out well in that sense. And uh, cookie, who's my co-organizer lives in um, Los Angeles. So it, you know, it's been nice to have someone there because if she needed to run to the hotel for whatever reason, like there was that, um, but yeah, we very much planned it with like, because even, um, my ex-spouse was active duty and so we were moving to like central california so like 
regardless, I would have stayed in California if we would have stayed together. So it just ended up being that, you know, we didn't. And so I was like, well, now I'm moving to Florida. But um, yeah, I mean, it was difficult in the sense that like, really just time zone um me and cookie are both really early risers and so like while i was in california we would both be up at like 4 a.m working on like worksheets before going to like our full-time job um and like now you know we had that like time difference of like when she's getting off of work i'm like getting ready to go to work or to bed and so like that that portion of it had been hard but other than that it, it's fairly easy. Like, um, I think the most important part was like the walkthrough. And I did go out to California like two weeks before the event. Cause I just felt like I just like, it would just bring me calmness to like be at the hotel and make sure the hotel hadn't been like blown away or anything. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I did that, but that's about it. That's so cool. Me and Johnny have been like, we started our podcast right before COVID started. And so we were like excited because we we're like, we'll get to go to all these conventions and go out yeah. and meet people. And then obviously COVID happened. And it actually was kind of a blessing in the sense that we sort of switched what we were thinking of and started doing like interviews on Zoom from afar, like talking to people like you. And so that has been really cool. But also like, I'm excited to like go to in-person things again. Um, and I was, I've, we've been like following you for a long time and love your like steamy lip box, um, which we'll talk about, but I was like, oh no, Shani, of course I move away. And now, now the convention is in California. <laughs> it was 30 minutes from my house. <laughs> now it's so far away. Yeah. Yeah. And we plan to keep it in California. Um, that it was, there was also like a reason to the madness and it was that there wasn't any like big romance convention um in california at all and um we felt that there was like a big market there of people who usually have to fly to the east coast or to texas right to like um attend these things which also becomes expensive so we wanted to be able to do that people are already asking like are you bringing it to the east coast and i'm like give me a minute <laughs> like would we love to absolutely but like we need to like get right what we're doing here first before we right. work on expanding it elsewhere um and just making sure that it's like what people want and it's like our mission is what you know we are accomplishing so what do you feel like is like one thing that you got really right at the convention that like came through exactly as you envisioned and the like you know attendees loved and then what's one thing that you were like "Ooh, in my mind or in me and cookie's mind this was gonna be the thing and maybe it didn't quite pan out um one thing that went really we had so many fires <laughs> um <laughs> one thing that went really smooth surprisingly was actually the signing um i was really nervous about that like i felt like that could really make or break the whole convention and everything had been so hectic up to the time when people were lining up for the signing room that it didn't even dawn on me that like we still had to get through the signing um and that's when I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> um, this can all go to hell really quick. Um, and, you know, we were nervous because our wristband system wasn't one that we've necessarily seen done before and that we didn't announce any of our wristbanded authors before. Like internally, we knew and we may have let the authors know, but like we weren't putting out that information. We did that because as a person that like has a lot of anxiety 
knowing that there's this like list of people who I'm not might not be able to see because they're wristbanded already kind of like takes away from the experience for me. So I wanted to see like how that would play out with people. Um, and it turned out really well. Like I think, and I don't know what was a little hard was that there was an earthquake and a hurricane the same weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like there were some people who left early on Saturday. So I don't know that we have like a full um, like spectrum of how the signing could have been on Saturday, but it like, it felt like traffic went through a lot quicker like everyone got through their wristbanded authors um i didn't see anything or hear anything um of people who didn't get to the people that they wanted to get to which is not something you always hear so i think it worked well in that sense um something that absolutely went to absolute shit was the um <laughs> the the swag bags um like we planned with like everything had to be shipped to me in Florida because cookie just didn't have the storage space. So, um, then it was like, we were putting, we were counting everything as it was coming in and then we were shipping everything to California. Um, and the moving truck situation was just a fucking mess. Um, like these people got to my house August 2nd. They said August 5th, it was leaving to California and pallets. It was all wrapped up. And then like, they say, hey, you actually might have to get to California earlier because we are going to get there earlier. So we fly out early to receive everything. And like these people don't show up at all. Um, I ended up hiring like I had friends from San Diego who own a moving company um, and they were able to like intercept the truck in Arizona Thursday. So registration had already started Friday. Oh the convention starts at oh. you know 8 a.m. Yeah. And um, Thursday night, they're driving to Arizona from San Diego to intercept this truck. Um, they find all of our shit literally like scattered all over this trailer. Um, and so he, he picks everything up, drives it to L.A. or Anaheim. It doesn't get there till like 1.30 a.m. Um, and we're literally packing swag bags from 1.30 a.m. till like 7 a.m. Like breakfast was starting at eight and we had um like the people who got to work from the marriott at that time and were trying to bring out the buffets were like what the fuck because we had literally <laughs> taken over like the whole foyer area and had like everything like scattered everywhere um but we got it done um without that with the help of like our staff and like all the volunteers who were like willing to get up at that time to help us but that was not how we envisioned it. I envisioned yeah. a very like orderly process starting on Monday, um, where we were gonna have these stations. I had numbered the boxes, so I knew like box one through ten is Harper Collins, so it's gonna be station one. And like, no, all that shit went out the window. Um, and I saw um, the I saw the picture on Instagram, Shawnee. When I tell yeah. you that truck was like fucked, like shit was. There's a bike on top of our shit. Yeah. Um, that did not go as planned. But, oh, I mean, overall, um, it went well. I feel that, man. I feel that. First of all, when you told me it was the weekend that we had the earthquake and the hurricane, I was like, oh, already, say less. Like, and recently we just, we did a show, and I swear, everything that could go wrong 
did go wrong. It was like the last day of Mercury retrograde. <laughs> and everything, like every bit of equipment, like we're all scrambling. And I remember like this moment of calm that I had during scramble. And just the fact that I've been in so many productions. We've put on so like so many things at this time. And I'm like, is it truly a production without a last minute scramble? Is it really real? If something doesn't go wrong in the 11th hour. <laughs> yeah, well, all of my staff was like, I mean, I feel like it, this wouldn't have been as fun if like the truck would have been here on time. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what's funny is like, it, they're kind of right because yes. there's nothing quite like a trauma bond of like, like something that, sh- that should have like, ruined the event but you like work together and pulled it out of your ass and like that like feeling of of coming together and of succeeding when like the odds were against you like i mean that's like a sports movie right there you know what i'm saying it's like that feeling yeah. of of like the adrenaline is pumping and and everyone's like the last minute you pack the last box like i hear what they're saying for you you're like yeah i would have preferred like a very calm week i would have liked to sleep the night before my event started but and i'm just saying i'm seeing the romance in there was there the truck driver was he single what what was no he wasn't you know but it could have it could have been a it could have been a trope in there it could have been a joke in there i i also that feels like a childhood best friends to lovers that's what that feels like you call your oh best God, childhood friend yeah. you know and you're like i up. need your help he goes to pick it up he saves the day yeah. you know what i mean stays up all night with you packing boxes like gets everyone coffee and in the morning he looks at you and he's like you got this and then well i need someone to write that now no no like what i just need you to do is from now on when you tell this story just start shifting one detail a little bit by the time yeah. you're rolling around the lore of what happened yeah by the time it's done i'm gonna be like i am now married to the truck driver. <laughs> um, they're like what <laughs> Oh, oh so 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 do you already have another one in the works like in your head and, and planning and everything yeah so 2024 is fully underway right now um we are working on like it was something that i noticed what's hard is and like some people a lot of people don't know this is um like stimulate is such a small company but i think because of the like big products or productions that we put out, people think it's a lot bigger than what it is. Um, and like, I just quit my full-time job a month ago. Like up to then I Congrats. was like, fully, thank you. Um, you know, I was fully like working a, a different job. Um, and so something I realized through the convention was that I have too many people working too many hats. Right. And so like figuring out how to streamline, um, and have different like departments sort of say to like work different things so that my hands are not in every pot. Um, and things can run smoothly without like me being involved at all. So, um, we're working on that, but you know, in, in saying that is that like, now I have someone who will be dedicated to just logistics <laughs> to start working on like, okay, are there like shipping centers in California that we could just send everything directly to um, like things like books that are from sponsors. Like it's not something that we necessarily need to inventory. We just need to know like, okay, they sent 40 boxes. We received 40 boxes. Um, but then something like our t-shirts that are printed 
like that's something that we need to receive and put eyes on to make sure that it was, um, you know, printed correctly. So just trying to figure out the best way to do that with me being over here and um, them being over there. Right. Um, but I'm definitely not like my stepdad was like, I'm not letting you hire anybody again. Like if, we, if you do this, this way again, like I'm driving the truck for you. Like, y'all could pay me, y'all could pay me to store mm-hmm. that stuff in my warehouse. Just I'll find a corner, stack that shit. <laughs> y'all come, y'all come boxing in my living room. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I mean, and, and, and it's hard because when I was in California, I did everything from my house and like. I took up all, all my like living room space with boxes if I needed to. Right. Which like, um, is not the case with like the people that are in California. They're like, no bitch, you cannot send like our, your boxes this way. <laughs> um, so, you know, just trying to find the best way to like make it work and make sure that it's efficient and that we're not going through like those stresses at last minute. Um, but overall, I think for like our first convention, um, everything ran fairly smoothly. Um, obviously there are a lot of areas to work on that we want to improve and make sure that we're more intentional about and make sure that we truly are like as inclusive as we want to be. Um, and we're working on just implementing different, like now we're a nonprofit organization. Um, and we had a board like set up because as you're like the nonprofit process takes forever. It took us about a year to get like the nonprofit, um, status from the IRS but throughout the whole time we had like legal involved who was helping us like set up our board and our processes and all of that so um you know now we can fine-tune it a little bit more and hopefully with this like nonprofit status we're able to get more grants so that like our people can get paid um and you know like for me and Cookie this has been a like solely unpaid job um and it takes up a lot of hours and it's also not something that like can continue to function the way it is. So, um, you know, I, I think there's great things to come and I'm really excited about them. And as always, you know, with anything new, there's always areas of improvement. One thing I'd love to know, cause I feel like a lot of readers and myself included when I go to conventions, I always wonder like, how do the authors get there? Like, is it like a, they query you on the website? Are you reaching out to like a hundred thousand authors and seeing who says yes? Like, cause I think sometimes there's a little mystique around like, are they getting paid to be there? Are they paying to be there? Like, how do I make sure my favorite author is there? Like, what's that process like? Yeah. So, um, I, something that was also new to me when I started figuring this out was the authors pay a table fee like an exhibitor table fee um to be there and it's something i didn't like and it's something that i eventually will like to do away with but i had like all these grand ideas that needed a lot of money um that i didn't have (laughs) um so one of them for me was like i would like for authors to not have to pay a table fee um or if anything like a very minimum like fee um Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, yes. Yeah, so authors do pay a table fee. I don't know any convention that doesn't, um, unless it's like a big book festival type thing. Um, and even then, like, yeah, I think that then because they're coming to speak, like it's a different ballpark over there. Um, but we put out a form and we just email and encourage people to apply through the form. Um, I don't know how other conventions do it. I think some other conventions like actually send out like invites. Um, and we didn't want to necessarily do it that way because we didn't want anyone to feel excluded from it. And there's also the like 
some authors only have like their publicist email and it's like hard to get a hold of them. So just like making sure that we can put out as much as possible, like fill out this form and, you know, we'll be in contact. That's how we do it. Nice. So you guys, if you want your favorite authors to go next year, what I'm hearing is you need to tag them and say, Hey, I'm going to be at this convention to buy your books and tag that author in the convention so that that way they'll know it's happening a, cause there's a lot of things going on and also that they can, you know, go to the event. Do you find that you have um, like in kind of equal mix of traditionally published or self-published or do you find it skews one direction? We have a good mix of both. Um, and I think that that's what was so nice about our convention that we had a good mix of those. It wasn't like all trad. It wasn't all indie. Um, it was like a really nice mixture of both. Something that was surprising for me for our first year was like, the feedback we received from, um, white authors, um, when we couldn't like invite them into the space, um, which was like surprising because there was, there's this whole like diversity and romance mission that we're trying to accomplish, you know? So, um, that was a little taken aback for me because it was like, but our mission is like, um, you know, but other than that, wait, you mean, um, wait, just to clarify, do you mean like white authors who felt like you would have to invite them because they're white, not like BIPOC? Who we didn't accept, like who, um, like filled out forms and we told them that we couldn't offer them a spot. Copy. Um, gotcha. You know, there, there was some of that, like, um, and we'll push back. Like, like, let's say you had a hundred author spots. I'm sure that you were like, okay, well, we want to have minimally whatever, 75% or 60% or 50% of non-white authors. Cause otherwise Correct. that would not be part of your mission. Correct. And, and, you know, there's also like an intersectionality piece where like, sure. Some white authors had um, some intersections on some other um, like marginalized identities, but primarily, um, my goal with like at the end of the day you're still white right and so like you already have a privilege over um our black and brown authors that are trying to get published or that are being published like i mean hello 92 percent of publishing is white right and so like um anyway that that was just like a little like I guess like sour taste. So it's, it's been really interesting just crossing over from like a reader to like a business person in the space. Right. Um, because like you hold people with like high regard, um, until you don't anymore. And you know, that, that kind of sucks because sometimes when you're just a reader, you don't like, you just read the books. You don't like, you don't know too much. Um, you don't know how the sauce is made. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yes. Um, yes. But, you know, I think like a great takeaway from Steamy LitCon was just like the amount of feedback we got from BIPOC authors that said like this was the first convention that they've ever attended where they truly felt like they belong or like where they weren't the minority, but they were the majority. And like that was our whole mission and our whole goal in um, in, in doing this. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts.
so I, I also want to talk about your steamy box because um when shawnee and i started our patreon we actually have a patreon like it's like our highest tier and we send out like two or three times a year uh a box that is similar to yours where it has a sex toy in it and it has like other like self-care like some bath bombs and some other like things like that as well as romance books so i want to know how yours like started and like what fun stuff you put in your boxes yeah so um of course a great year of jesus 2020 or um when the (laughs) pandemic hit um I was married at the time, but my spouse was deployed that whole year. So I was just really by myself with the pups. And I like, I've always been a reader, but um, like, I don't know if y'all know what AR points are. AR points like you had them. Anyway, we had them in Florida schools and like you had to read like a certain amount of like books and they gave you like anyway i like um ar points were my shit like i got to the point Mm -hmm. where like the library at school hired me to like create quizzes for people to take for the books so like reading has always been like my very much my personality and i just didn't realize there was like a romance genre like i knew that i loved books that had like any kind of like sexual tension any kind of like oh will they touch hands by the end like i knew that i love that shit but i like i guess i had not in my little pea brain like said like oh i like this so it's like it's romance that you like no so it took me many many years um and anyway i really just like during the pandemic i really turned to romance more and more and like two things happened one was like is anybody else horny? Like, I remember specifically reading um, Kennedy Ryan's, um, like, The Kingmaker. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, nobody else is horny? Like, can we talk about this? And then also, like, why, like, where's the diversity? Um, like, obviously, like, I started off on a good note where, like, I had a Kennedy Ryan in my life. Um, but, like, everything else was fucked like you walk into barnes and noble everything was white and so i was like why is why are those books not the heavy hitters right like why are they not being pushed at barnes and noble and so um i kind of made made like an off comment of like oh i should someone should pair books and vibrators like someone should really like do that um and my friend was like why don't you do it and i was like oh that sounds kind of fun um and so that's how the steam box was born. And, um, I knew that because I, I worked in athletics at the time and athletics is very life consuming. So I knew I couldn't do like a monthly box. So that's kind of where like the quarterly process started. And I just really wanted it to be a, um, like an experience when you get the box, like you get these books that you can maybe go in the tub with and you have a bath bomb and you have a lotion for after your bath and you have a candle. Um, and if you want to masturbate mid book, like you can. And so, um, I kind of wanted to create a whole experience with it. And that's kind of, you know, where, where the idea was birthed. I was home and lonely and I was reading romance and I was horny and, I was I like, how, wow, someone, someone should really do this. I, I love how you're like, is anybody else horny? And I'm like, yes. Yes, yes. we are. If you have ever listened to our podcast, dear listeners, you know that it's me and Shawnee. <laughs> we like... This guy. <laughs> yeah. When we did our, our like 
we had when we came up with the concept for the podcast we were kind of like like how far do we go in terms of what we say and blah blah and like right away we're like well we're either gonna like do the damn thing or not so we'll be like shawnee will be like oh this this whole chapter is going in my one shot folder of like things i listen to when i need a quickie and i'm like this you know we'll be like touting books forever where we're like have you read you know your dad will do let me tell you that's a novella that'll get it going for you like we'll just yeah. like we cannot stop Even um, our at the end of our show is literally may your books be your lover and your hand your best friend oh my god <laughs> i love that that's what I, mean. I mean for me like because i got uh introduced to romance novels very early like in puberty like it was tantalizing i was like oh, oh my <laughs> and i didn't know this but i introduced my older sister to romance novels um she told me this like maybe a couple years ago because i was like oh how did you get into them she was like you you handed me my first <laughs> she's like you handed me like historical like jane feather and me and my sister both are very big like historical like we used to just watch period pieces all the time. Um, so like when I gave it to her, she was like, Ooh. and then her, I found so many books in her, her garage, like so boxes. <laughs> like, and I was like, wow, I was so good. I don't have a house because the amount of boxes of books that I would have yeah. been storing. I mean, my parents, I, I had a hidden stash of books in the garage um, just in tubs and tubs, tubs and tubs. And my parents fa- like found it. My mom, she was very much not against these. And she tossed the whole lot of them or whatever. And I was like, oh, God. <sighs> Do you know how long it took me to steal all those books from Walmart, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that your mission is like talking about sexuality too. Cause I feel like I'm sure you have this where until someone knows what your business is, they won't admit they're a romance reader. Yeah. You know, like I have so many people I meet, like I moved to a new town. I'm meeting all these other parents, uh, a lot of them who are moms because, you know, we just happen to be with our kids and they're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I do all these things. And I run this podcast. So like, what's it about? And I'm like, it's about romance novels. And we talk about sex and all this other stuff. And like some of the people are like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And then like, I would say like 80% of them are like, oh my God, I love romance novels. I'm going to have to check this out. But they yeah. would never, like, I love that you're, you know, like your Instagram and stuff as well as, as the Steve boxes are very like sensuality forward. Yeah. And the, you know, growing up in like a Latina household, sexuality, sex, like is not orgasms is not something we've talked about at all. Right. And so like, um, <laughs> I feel like I didn't have like, I didn't have my first orgasm till well into college. Right. And I had been having sex for some years. And so like, um, that makes me so sad. Like, <laughs> it makes me so sad that like, and and I don't know. Perhaps my mom didn't know what an orgasm was. You know what I mean? Like, um, even like a self, like a, even a self orgasm, or just like a, an assisted orgasm. No, even like a just overall period, like was not even on my radar. You know, like, and so, um, I, you know, that like there's so much about our body like and orgasms are so beautiful like our bodies like do this whole thing like it's amazing and like why don't we talk about them and why don't we know about them and like why don't we have like i don't know like the same thing as you like share recipes like why don't we share like 
hey, I use this vibrator and it took my soul away. Like it might not be your thing, but you should try it. Right. Like, um, or like if you hook the vibrator this way, like that's the recipe for like, whatever, like why, like, why don't we talk about it? Right. And, um, obviously a lot of that comes from just like stigma and, um, shame that like society has put on us and just the lack of like knowledge and access that we've had to just like pleasure and orgasms and just like, good sexual health in general. Um, and so part, part of our mission is to like destigmatize that and be more open about it and uh, talk about different things. And like, I remember early on, we had a lot of our people who would tell us like, I didn't even know what like an orgasm, was. like I didn't know I was having an orgasm when it happened. And I was so scared because I didn't know what my body was doing. And it's like, like why like you know what I mean like why when um we could be having these conversations and you know I think anything that comes with like women's pleasure has always been deemed as dirty and like it's time to take this shit back and there's so many people doing that work and I think romance books are like a great way for people in general to just like see what like might turn them on or might not turn them on or like what they may yeah. or may not like and um really like get them more in touch with like their bodies and 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 just like you know w- what can make their being tickle I, I i completely agree with you because like <clears throat> i mean i think most people are moving in that direction of talking more about these taboo subjects but specifically like I think there's so many of these subjects that are interconnected, right? If we're talking about our orgasms, if we're talking about our vibrators, like I try to tell people all the time that like people will say to me, Shania, how did you not know that you had a fibroid? How did you not know that your period was like irregular? Right. And it's like, because I don't compare my period to somebody else. I don't go like, Hey Bridget, how many days is your period? How many pads are you going through? Like, you know, or whatever. I'm just mm-hmm. thinking everybody is having the exact same experience. I am down under, you know, and it's not mm-hmm. till later where people are like, no, you should not be going through five overnight period, like pads a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is excessive. Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, is it? Is it really? You know, and it's because that's not a subject in which you compare notes like that. You know, people will just say mine's bad or, Oh, I don't go to school that day or whatever, but it's not a deep conversation about it. Um, and so I think the more we just literally talk about our vaginas are all the bits that are happening. So very matter of factly, the better, the sooner women's health just takes a nicer turn. You know what I yeah, mean? absolutely. And I think it's so, normal for everyone to like know and make jokes about like boys and teenage boys like masturbating constantly and like I feel like it like I want my daughters when they grow up to maybe not masturbate constantly because (laughs) everyone needs to come up for air now and then but like I want them to like you said like I want them to have an orgasm by themselves before they are having sex with a partner so that they know when they're having sex, whether that's just like making out, whether that's hands, whether that's whatever, as they go through their like late, hopefully late teenage years and their college years and whatever, early twenties, I want them to know beyond a doubt, like, yo, 
we have not reached the pinnacle, my friend. There's work to be done. And hey, like, let's bring my toy into the action. Let's bring a friend to the party. Because like, hey, maybe I know personally, maybe one of them is going to be someone who can't orgasm without, I don't know, clitoral stimulation from a toy because their body just needs a little extra oomph during sex. And that's fine. And I want, like, I want them to know that before, as opposed to like you're saying, like, I discovered a lot of that stuff, like concurrently. Um, And I was like, sort of lucky that my mom was like passing down her romance novels to me and my sister in our teens. And so like, I already sort of like knew what was going on, but I also didn't explore as much with my body. And like you said, it's like a little bit scary. The first time you get close to an orgasm and you're like, something's wrong. Like I'm about to black. (laughs) What's happening to me? And it's it's hard to convince yourself to go over that hurdle and that you'll still be alive at the end and be okay. Is this this the end? Is this how it happens? Like I forgot, I forgot the blocking of the eyes. Like the, yeah. The other day, you guys, I literally thought, like, I, I might I might pass out and no one will find me and I'll just be dead. And and the reason they'll find me is the school will call. And it's because I didn't get my kids from school because I was, like, <laughs> literally, like, thought I was going to die. <laughs> like my, no. I thought I was going to have a seizure or something. And I think everyone deserves that joy of, like, after, you know, when your brain comes back to you and you're like, damn, that was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Also, again, why we need to talk more about these things is because I, so if I have a very, very intense orgasm, I go deaf. I cannot hear. I I don't don't know if that, it literally feels like someone's dunked me underwater and everything is super duper far away. And I remember the first time that happened, I was like, oh my God, I masturbated too much. (laughs) I'm dead now. What happened? (laughs) so funny i had to google it it lasted like 10 minutes and i had to google it because i did not know what i I was like is this normal and there is a a whole slew of people that that happens to Um, holy shit i need to do some research on that maybe i haven't had like my ultimate orgasm yet if i haven't like lost my hearing for 10 minutes (laughs) i haven't lost my hearing for a very long it's probably just like person to person i would imagine has it ever happened to you like ever i've never lost my hear. i've I've had like a ring like kind of like a ringing but i've never like i can i can hear afterwards I feel like I get rigor mortis like that's (laughs) when you get close and your whole body's like so stiff you look like you're like coming out of some sort of horror Um, film Um, it literally sounds like everybody's like that that like you know what I'm talking about um and so it's like I can still hear a tiny bit but it's like you're a football field away and I'm underwater that's why we need to talk about these things because just going cold turkey death after your orgasm is not does not make you want to go into the next (laughs) well and then like people in especially like in different ages right like you orgasm differently and like you experience orgasms differently and so like i think like having like just those conversations throughout your life are so important and like we just don't have them enough and i mean you still see so much of that like stigma and taboo even like within romance readers where we are like you know do we have like covers with abs or do we not have covers with abs do we have nsfw covers do we not like do we want a discreet cover um and so like yeah there's like a romance reader who will say 
oh my God, your book's not even romance. It's just smut. And I'm like, why are you shaming someone for wanting it to be more erotic? Part A and part B, it is a romance. It focuses on a couple. It ends happily ever after. So that's the definition. Right. Um, Like there's just, there's, there's a lot to unpack still within. Like, I think that we are definitely moving in the right direction. I think that the more people are turning to romance, the more like, these conversations are happening and they're evolving. Um, but I think that however you embrace your sexuality or like, um, you, you release shame. I think that the most important portion of that is to release the shame around it. Um, however that looks like for you, right? Like it doesn't have to be like us where like I sell sex toys and y'all talk about like masturbating and like, you know, like we, like we don't have to, (laughs) you don't have to be in that like level of like releasing shame. Um, but as long as like you've released that shame within yourself to allow yourself to feel these things and be okay with these things, I think like that's perfect. So is there sex toy in every single box that goes out every quarter? Or if somebody has been with you a while, do you adjust the boxes so that like, no. So we have, um, we have different subscription tiers. So you can do like book only, you could do, the box with the books and just the self-care items. And then you could do the full box with um, like everything and the vibe. Um, And some people switch between all of them. Some people are like religious, um, like on their vibe Um, as someone who owns a lot now. um, And I mean a lot. um, I don't know that there is a thing is too many. Um, I like, I have a lot of, um, companies that send me like various products to try, like satisfier probably sent me like 30 last quarter. Um, and I was like, I don't even have these many holes in my body. Like, I don't even know where like to put all of these. Um, but yeah, some folks really like to get them every quarter and other folks experiment, you know, know, yeah. Switch back and forth and other people don't want anything to do with them. Um, or like we also sell them by themselves. So if they just like want to add on a vibe, they can. Yeah. Awesome. Well, tell the people what the next, um, book box that's coming out. The fall box (laughs) has, um, next door nemesis by Alexa Martin, a dish best served hot by Natalie Kanya and witch of wild things by Raquel Vasquez Gillard. Um, all like, Alexa Martin's book is like literally I read it probably a year ago. It's the funniest thing that has ever come out. It is so funny. You're going to be laughing your ass off. Um, Like I can't wait for everyone to read that book. It's basically this um, girl who moves back to or this woman who moves back to her like Ohio hometown and um, is living with her parents. Her life just like went to shit in LA. So she moves back to Ohio and her like high school nemesis is now the president of her parents, HOA association. Um, so it's just like, it's just like HOA thing. Oh my God. It's so funny. Um, so anyway, that'll be our fall box. And then our, um, our box that right now we're doing pre-orders for is our Latin X um, special edition box um, that we are doing in collaboration with Amor en Paginas. 5% of each box is going to Latinx and publishing. Um, and we're going to have three special editions for that. Um, they're going to be uh, Scorching... That's not Scorching Hot. See, here we go again with the book title. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Scorching to the Touch by Ophelia Martinez, Skeletons of Society by Marie Maravilla, and um, Until I Get You by Claire Contreras will be the three. So we try to go for like a little bit of a darker theme because it's not something that we usually do. Um, and those three books, I think, are great if you're trying to get into like the darker themes of romance. Nice. A little spice in there. Yeah. I like a little... I like to dive into the dark. We uh, we have dipped into the dark every now and again, and I enjoy dipping in and then dipping out. We one time made a mistake of doing 10 episodes in a row in dark romance, and it was too many dark romances in a row for us. We were like, we should have done like three, four, and then switch to like some joy and some happiness, maybe some historicals, and then dipped our toes back in. Um, but that's really exciting. And when can people register? Like, is there somewhere they can either buy tickets for next year's Simi LitCon or they can get on some sort of like email list to be notified? Yeah. So if they go to steamylitcon.com, our um, newsletter, like sign up is on there where we um, send emails to folks. Um, we are doing pre-sales for all of our 2023 attendees first. Um, and okay. that will start in October. And then whatever tickets are remaining from that will go into the general sale pool um, that will be later in October. So I, best way to stay in touch is just making sure you um, follow Simi LitCon on Instagram. We're pretty active on there. We also have a Facebook group um, where we post a lot of stuff. So that's fun too. Awesome. Well, this has been a delight. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us and uh, our listeners uh, so they could hear all about this awesome stuff you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. As you know, dear listeners, until next time, may your books be your lover. And your hand, your best friend. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.